Thank you for listening to the Other Side of Sports podcast, representing the DMV. Be sure to subscribe to us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube at OSS TV. Look, we need your support, so please do us a favor and make sure you leave a comment and give us a rating. Thank you. Now on to our show. You are now tuned to the other side of BOK Sports 9 What's up, everyone? Welcome to the other side, the other side of sports. It's your guest host, Jeremy John, host of the Sports Reality Podcast, stepping in for Harold Laws. But we yeah. do have the rest of the crew. We have Jeff. We have yeah. D, we have yeah. Aaron. How are you all doing? That's right. You already I'm doing know. Good, man. Yeah. Thank you, boy. All right. Before we get into the sports, let's talk about what today is. Today is election day. Um, we are recording right now about 7 p.m. Polls are going to be closing on the East Coast very soon. For some states, some states, I believe, go to 8 p.m. But uh, by the time you all listen to this, um, we still may not know who's won the presidential election. Uh, but before we get into all of that, um, I'm going to start with you, uh, D. Uh, what do you think is going to happen during this presidential election? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, Donald Trump, the incumbent, or Joe Biden, the Democratic uh, can- candidate? I plead the fifth. Oh, oh, <laughs> 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 Who you think, though? Who you think, yeah? <laughs> yeah, who do you predict? Like, who do you think is going to win? I ain't asking who getting harassed like. on social media. Do you know what he's doing? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you say what you really think. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, I, I mean honestly... I, it seems like right now, as it's being predicted, that it's very, very close. And it's just a, the key battleground states that's going to probably be the deciding factor, the way it's being said on the news. Um, you would think, you know, it, it's just really hard to say. But with everything that's been going on in the last four years, um, I feel like those that are for the current president are like for him, for him. And I don't even think it's like a Republican thing. It is for him. Um, as a candidate um, so they're like diehard friends so if he has a lot of those type people then he has an opportunity to win and it seems as though he does have enough just based on what I'm seeing early on but I, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to get it Jeff what do you think about this Um, I mean I think that Biden is going to win I mean the first time when Trump Trump got uh, you know elected I wasn't shocked I would be more so shocked this time if he did. I mean, but of course, anything could happen in America. You know, I still have to, you know, uh, pinch myself, like thinking about the fact that he's actually the president because it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. But, um, you know, so. Cannot play with him. With that being Cannot said, yeah, like, like it would be crazy to me if he did get elected again, but you, you, you never know. But I mean, I, I believe Biden. Uh, will take it just because uh, so much that's gone on, um, you know, not in favor of all parties in the last four years um, that I think that people want to want to get them out of there. Plus, you know, how he acts in office and, you know, those things. And 
Um, so that's that's what I, I, I predict will happen. Aaron, I don't really have confidence in a certain demographic to choose common sense over xenophobia. So I try to. I've been kind of checked out on this whole joint for like for the whole day. I haven't looked at one like update or what's going on. I'm just going to try to stay out of it. And then when whatever happens happens, I guess address it then because it's hard to like not get invested in the outcome of this joint. I mean, you vote and do what you can do, but at a certain point, it's out of your control. It's up to white people to decide which president they want because everybody else has already made the decision and made it loud and clear. So it's, I don't know that I have faith in them to do what every other demographic is looking to be done. So I'm just kind of checked out on it right now. So I couldn't tell you one way or the other. If it's close or not, who's going to win or not, I just, I don't know. Me, a lot of the data looks very similar to 2016. I mean, if we go back four years, exactly four years to to this moment right now, um, Hillary Clinton was winning and winning by a line, landslide based on the based on the polls of the ex, the exit polls, like they like to say. But by the you know as the hours kept on going and going, then it was like okay, it's a little closer. It's a little closer. Then it's like, hold on, Trump has a chance. And then it's, hold on, Trump is winning. And then he obviously won the election. Um, Right now, I am a little, I guess, nervous. Because even after, let's say Joe Biden does win. I mean, I don't think the... Uh, what they call the transition of power. I don't think that's going to go smoothly at all either. So, um, and then we've seen these rallies across the countries, uh, across the country. We've seen uh, these uh, Trump parades that are happening in various cities. We even saw that on our beltway here in the DMV. And we're seeing a lot more Trump supporters out here and in especially open carry states we're seeing a lot of that so i think like some people are calling it a possible civil war i don't think it's going to get to that point but it ain't going to be pleasant Uh, but one thing about trump and let's let's try and tie trump into sports did you all hear at one of his recent rallies he had the crowd chanting lebron sucks he's an idiot don't listen to he's an idiot all right that's what we got to say about that Nah, yes, I didn't man. hear about this, that. This is ridiculous, man. Yes. Yeah, ridiculous. I heard about that. <laughs> Trump's a wild boy, man. Like, it's like the stuff he does, it's like, it's funny, not funny. You know what I mean? It's like he's a comedian in office, but you're like, this stuff can't be real. But yeah, I had heard his name mentioned. I didn't know what context it was It was until I found out later in the day that, yeah, like you said, yeah, the Riley chain that he sucked. <laughs> he he kind of reminds me of like, did you... Like when we were younger, you know how it would always be that dude that might have like two special needs students fighting after school. They just, he just like he kind of conjures up these people who aren't that smart to just do and say like anything. And he just sits there and like just pumps his fist and smiles. Yes, man. This like, is ridiculous, man. He's got to be thinking these people are idiots, though, in his brain. Like, then he had what was the little pump come up on stage and call him little pimp and had him saying magnet dog. The people are just out of control. They end up following. It just logically, I just none of it makes sense. What does it have to say? Uh, what does it say about LeBron James though? Like about his stature and power, not just in pop culture and sports, but like in this nation. What does it say about his power? I think um, 
it just speaks more to me about the anti-blackness of the people that follow Trump. Anybody that's black or advocates for black rights or black equality, anything black, police to stop killing black people, it becomes like, it just creates a bunch of animosity in those people and they hate it. And so anybody who advocates or does those kind of things, they're going to have some nickname for them or some chant. It's just, that's just who they are and what they do at this point. Let's now get into Monday Night Football. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers visited the New York Giants. D, that is your team. Uh, And the Buccaneers came out with a victory 25-23. D, since you are the Giants fan on this show, uh, what were some of the thoughts going through your mind watching this game? Or first of all, did you watch the game? Let me ask that question first. Yeah, I I don't stay up pretty late like I used to getting kind of old for that but uh, when the Giants play I, I stay up and watch the entire game um, and I watched last night's game in crushing defeat again um, <laughs> the last three games we've had double digit leads in the fourth quarter and we've squandered that and lost um, so it's it's one of those things you could look at it for uh, you know we can't finish games you know what I'm saying uh, Daniel Jones continues to turn the ball over he continues to force passes and throw interceptions unnecessarily um, will that ever change Daniel Jones has no pocket presence whatsoever it's just I don't know if, if, if it's going to get to the point after this season he's just going to be who he is for the remainder of his career you know what I'm saying like I felt like Jason Garrett called a perfect game offensively I feel like our defensive coordinator called a perfect game defensively um, and yet still we lost you know and I just feel like we're a team right now we don't have room for mistakes one little mistake we're going to end up losing you know we we don't have a lot of room for that and I just the Daniel Jones thing is really bothering me because I'm at the point now is he's going to throw an interception. It's real. It's, it's, it's a matter of when he's going to throw the interception because you know it's coming or it's going to be a fumble, one of those sack fumbles or strip fumbles. It's going to happen every single game and not just once but twice. Um, and then he was you call him Danny Dimes, but he wasn't diming nothing yesterday with the exception of that Golden Tate pass towards the end of the game when it counted, but. He has so many opportunities that he was missing wide open receivers downfield. Um, and and I think, too, with someone like him that does not have good pocket presence, it affects the offensive linemen. So you have young offensive linemen that you're, you're hurting them by when you're in the pocket. This guy likes to backpedal. He likes to go backwards as opposed to stepping up. And so he gets sacked. He gets hit. And it's like, if you just step up, you have the protection. Just step up. And I know they're telling him to do this, but he just does not do it. I don't. It, it, it's frustrating to watch, um, but it's encouraging to say that we played against. Most people say that the Bucks are one of the top teams in the NFC, and we went toe to toe with them and almost beat them. You know what I'm saying? We went with, we get, went against the Rams and went toe to toe with them and lost to them. People say that despite how bad the NFC East is that the Eagles are the best team in that division, like the facto winner of that division. And we should have beat them. So it shows that even despite our lack of talent, what I'm encouraged by is the, is the coaching and the fact that the coaching is getting that much out of this, you know, lack of players that we have. We don't have a lot of great players on the team. We do have good players, but it's not like a, a roster that's littered with from top to bottom with talent. 
I feel like they're doing a good job showing what they can do with that lack of talent. So I'd be interested to see next year when we get, you know, the draft and maybe free agency, what we can do then next year. But I, this is what I want to see from Daniel Jones. The second half of the season, I'm really going to be looking at him and his improvement. And if he continues to go down this trajectory, he, uh, to me, as a Giants, and I know the coaches keep saying he's our guy, he's our guy. You're going to have to evaluate him and think about in the draft, you know, someone else to possibly draft to push Daniel Jones. Because right now, Cole McCoy is not the guy. He's not a franchise quarterback, and everybody knows it. So uh, based on what you're saying, D, is it safe to assume that Daniel Jones is the reason why you all lost last night? I don't like to put it on one player, but yes. That's right. You already know. That's what I, my thing is, Daniel Jones, he's shown some signs of, you know, like the ability to, you know, as, as you mentioned, make great throws where he initially got that nickname from. Obviously, he's mobile and athletic, so... You know, he can get out out of the way. You know, you can use him as a dual threat. I mean, we saw that run he had, um, you know, last week, even though the outcome didn't end up the sweetest. But yeah, yeah. But the ability to make that type of run, like you see what he's capable of. The problem is, as you mentioned, the turnovers and the inconsistency. And, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me if, you know, you thought that, okay, we still want to give him more time, but we know that that's not the way that it goes for every quarterback. You know, if your complexion isn't a part of the protection, then, you know, it's, it's viewed a different way and they're ready to get you up out of there. If all of the quarterbacks were that were drafted high were, you know, given that same amount of grace period, then that would be fine because I mean, they've showed the numbers like early in Peyton Manning's career. And that's not to say that any of these guys, uh, including uh, Daniel Jones would be Peyton Manning, but you know, he had a bunch of turnovers in the first few years of, you know, his career, but then obviously we saw what happened. And so it's like, if they can cut even, Regardless of whether they'd be able to live up to Peyton's lofty expectations in terms of winning all the MVPs and appearing and winning multiple Super Bowls, if they cut down the turnovers like he did and, you know, gave some of the same type of play, they may be okay. So, you know, that that's a big thing for him, like to see whether, you know, he can cut down the turnovers and kind of just improve upon the plays that he's that you've seen him make. And so, you know, that would be an encouraging sign for me if I was a Giants fan, if, if somehow he get in the second half of the year cut down on those turnovers. Aaron, what you got to say about the situation in New York? The same thing I had to say with him coming out in the draft. He's trash. Oh, oh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to get into here. We saw the same thing oh, that, I mean, it was a primetime game. Everybody saw the same thing. He missed no. a bunch of very easy throws. He misses more easy throws than he makes wild throws. Hmm. And so everybody in the NFL, well, the majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL have the kind of NFL arm where occasionally, I mean, they throw a football every single day. They're going to be able to make a wild throw every once in a while. But it doesn't change the fact that he doesn't sense pressure in the pocket. Like D says, he doesn't step up in the pocket. He drops back. He misses a bunch of reads. He's late on a bunch of throws. He's inaccurate on a bunch of throws. But it doesn't, the, the language that gets used when it happens, it's like it's a one time, oh, he missed this guy, not he's inaccurate. So it's just the way that they get criticized and analyzed 
when you see it sounds very different than when other people do it. So it doesn't seem as toxic and as as detrimental to the locker room and to the team as when other players seem to do it. I haven't heard one national story about defensive players making faces on the sidelines. You don't think defensive players who played a hell of a game yesterday with the perfect defensive um, game plan for Tom Brady and the Bucks yesterday gave them a chance to win? You don't think they were traded when Daniel throws that dumbass interception on a play where he has a lineman draped on him and tries to force it there anyway? Or when he doesn't set his feet correctly and, and throws the ball to the other player or on the chance to tie the game with the on the um the two point conversion. Yeah. He looked the guy in the flat is wide <laughs> open. You're in man because the safety runs from the other side of the field. You know you're in man. Let it go right away. Touchdown. Easy. He looks at the slant for some reason and then goes back to the uh, the flat route late. Is that not a misread? We didn't hear it read used one time to describe that play. So it's just those are the kind of things that frustrate you, especially with a lot of the black Washington fans when it comes to the things that you see and you know what's happening, but they want to make excuses for why it's different. And so to me, he's trash and we knew he was going to be trash and they can leave him out there for another year. They can give him as much time as Sam Donald had or anybody else. You don't improve on the areas that he struggles with. Like that's not something you're going to get better with. You're not going to all of a sudden start to sense pressure in the pocket. You're not all of a sudden going to start reading defense if you're not reading them already. You're not all of a sudden going to get accurate if you're inaccurate. So, to me, he is what we thought he was. I'm in a total. I'm in total agreement uh, with, with you, Aaron. I mean, we we when he got drafted, what was it? What was his? Was it seventh overall or sixth? Sixth overall. Uh, everyone clowned the Giants and, and and Daniel Jones, and then yes, he had a. Good game as his debut. Uh, what was it against Tampa? Or right. Yeah. And, then, and everyone came up with the nickname Danny Dimes. But but since then, here's the crazy stat with uh, Daniel Jones. In his first 20 games, he is second overall in NFL history in total turnovers, only behind Ryan Leaf. And we know what happened with Ryan Leaf. I, this is I, when the loss record. In those 20 games. I actually, I got to go look, too. I don't know. 4-16. Okay, that's yeah. trash. <laughs> that's that's trash. Uh, so combine the 4-16 and 16 record with, I think it was 35 total turnovers in 20 games, only behind Ryan Leaf. To me, the jury's, I mean, the, the, not the jury's out. Like, the, the, the verdict is in. Like, he is trash. trash. And maybe... <laughs> With a one and seven record, maybe Trevor Lawrence is going to New York, but not the Jets. There it is. And that's the Giants probably got to really think about this. We might not. The Jets look like they're going to lose every game. But if they win a game, German, you're right winning, there. They're not winning the game. And this is all right. Not winning the game. Like we, everybody wrote off the Giants as one of, as probably the worst between them and Washington team in the division. On both sides of the ball, they've been playing the best outside of quarterback. If you give them a marginal quarterback, they right. have three to four wins. You know, I can't stand Matt Ryan. Give them Matt Ryan, they have four wins. Give them Kirk Cousins, they have four wins. Uh, and I think, you know, I think it is too. There, other other than them having the commonality of you know of Daniel Jones, but I also feel like he has all of the the attributes for a top quarterback, but he lacks all the intangibles for a top quarterback. Dang. So that's the part with Daniel Jones where. You, you see this major gap between, oh, man, this guy got the height, 
He got the arm. He can make at least all the throws. He got wheels. Yeah, he got he got wheels. The Batman ran a four six, so he fast. It's like, but what is he missing? The mental yeah. capacity of it. See my see my thing is like obviously I, I'm not saying you all are wrong. I, we we know what, how we spoke when he got drafted, but in general, like what is a realistic time because there are quarterbacks that do develop late. I know people like to always go to all of the ones who essentially were like fast out the gate from your Mahomes to, you know, how, um, you know, Herbert and, um, Lamar what's, what's my, um, you know, I mean, not passing running. Yeah. He has a natural good. Cause we could get to that. That's not a topic that Harold cared to broach on here. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's not on the rundown. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, uh, you know, uh, Herbert and uh, Burrow, like, so we see what they're doing. And, and, you know, but there have been, and while the list may not be long, there have been guys that, you know, developed later, even if they develop certain other aspects of their game. Like, if you Alex think of like. Right here, yeah. I mean, definitely Alex Smith, and then think about like someone like a like Cunningham. Cunningham ran and could throw, but later on in his career, like he was much more of a passer. So I say that to say kind of what you were you were touching on, D. Um, he has the attributes. He has shown the ability to make the plays. But you're not wrong, Aaron, in saying what you said, and I know you've mentioned it, D, as well in terms of the intangibles, um, not having a pocket awareness and so on and so forth but he'll make those plays when you're like there 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 it is so i mean like what is reasonable like to kind of give every quarterback and like i said this in a perfect world we're talking about all races like just because this guy did it what what would be reasonable again for all races in terms of a time frame would be like all right this is it two seasons is it three Three seasons i say three three okay but the only, the only caveat with Daniel Jones is one of the reasons why he got drafted so high and everybody explained away David Gettleman's idiotic draft pick was because he came from Duke and the head coach of Duke is the guy that everybody goes to for the NFL uh, like quarterback coach. Yeah, like in the offseason, Peyton goes to him. Mm-hmm. Eli goes to him. It's a bunch Cut of quarterbacks Cliff. that go to him. Yeah. David Cutcliffe. Yep. And he runs an NFL offense. So the part that Daniel Jones was supposed to have over everybody else, because he didn't have the production in college, he didn't have the wins in college. So what he did have was the fact that he was NFL ready. Like he didn't, he could hit the ground running because he just didn't have talent around him. He has a bunch of talent on offense as far as weapons go around them um, now. And so still nothing. Like, you can't reverse it and say, okay, now he has to try to figure this NFL out and do all these other things. He was being coached under the guy that NFL quarterbacks go to in the offseason for training and for coaching. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this, too. And, I, and I, you know how when you're a fan of a team, you know, you, you have your little emotional. So you're, your emotion is more into a guy in terms of you give him a little more chance than someone that wasn't on your team. And I, I think for me, when I look at Daniel Jones, just as a quarterback on the whole, he had a lot of adversity in terms of we had one of the worst offensive lines last year. Um, and when he started that back half of the season, um, we did not, you know, uh, what's the name got hurt. Our running back, Saquon Barkley got hurt. Our, our, we had a lot of injuries last year. We had a lame duck coach um, during that time as well. And so even though, despite all of that, he did show some ability in that, in that, in that situation. 
And then you fast forward next this year. Now you have a whole new coaching staff, a whole new offense, um, still a terrible offensive line. And I will say this, the offensive line last night, I thought played really well against that Bucks defensive line, which is one of the best in the league. Um, and, and yet, you know, all these things that have happened, I feel like he had a lot of, hey, we don't have a run game like that. And I think we're starting to get that now with Gallman and the offensive line starting to block better. And I think those things are going to help Daniel Jones down, down the road. But any young quarterback without a running game, with a bad offensive line, without protection, with changing of coaches, um, there's going to be a rough start. So that's the only reason why it's hard for me to out, outright and to say he is trash. But what I thought he was when I saw him coming into my evaluation, I'm starting to really starting to see, okay, this may just be who this guy is. And despite all the ability that he has, it may never amount to being a franchise quarterback or even a DLG quarterback in the NFL. That's the part that I'm kind of struggling with right now. It's just like, ah, you know what I'm saying? If this was Trubisky, you know, will I be saying the same thing, honestly? You know what I mean? Um, but at least I was Trubisky able to Trubisky didn't look that bad. You know, we give him That's what I'm time. saying. That's what I'm saying. Trubisky <laughs> can't make those throws that Daniel can make, but he doesn't, his low, his his floor is not as low as Daniel Jones' floor. Right. And that's the that's the part right there. And maybe because we haven't seen enough. I feel like even with Trubisky, at least Trubisky had a really, really good defense. And he had a really good run game the year where he played well. You know what I mean? They did a lot of play action. So they made it easier for him to see the field and, and to make those passes. But it, it still gets it. I want to, as I'm saying, I want to see the rest of these games and how he plays. With the line starting to actually block like an NFL line to some extent against competition. I just want to see how he plays for the remainder of the season. And they, they got to go ahead and evaluate that. Do you want to stick with a guy that you know who's going to turn the ball over? Every head coach you hear in the NFL, you cannot keep a quarterback as a starting quarterback if he's coughing the ball up or turning the ball over. You can't win games like that. That game was really had a lot of storylines. So uh, I'm glad we took this time to really get into it. But real quick, uh, Golden Tate's wife on social uh, media was blasting the Giants for not getting Golden Tate the ball more often. She claimed that he was wide open, which he could have been. Based on what we're talking about with Daniel Jones, it could have been true. Um, do you think this is a distraction for the team? And I'll start with you, D, since it's your your favorite team. Yeah, I would say uh, I don't want no commentary from no wives, no girlfriends, no brothers, no uncles, uh, no moms. I don't want to hear it. Zip it. I would like, be quiet. None of that stuff helps the team. Um and she just needs to keep her opinion to herself with, you know, with Golden Tate. And, and I, again, you, it's hard to see when someone's open every game because the view you get, it doesn't show you the all 22. So I don't know how open he may or may not have been um, unless she was seeing another part of the game that we didn't see. But I don't know how open he was um, throughout the game. But she just got to be quiet. That's just going to be more distraction and hurt the team more. I mean, I think it's funny, man. I, I um... It's one of those things where, like, people always say, oh, you, you can control your wife or you can control... And that's not to say that there aren't people that can, but, like, I always feel like you got a question. I mean, it's just me. People might feel differently. But I feel like you got to question who you marry if you can, like, control them. Like, they should definitely do things, and you all should do things out of respect for one another. 
But if you think that, oh, because I said it, my husband or my wife is going to do this just because I said it and that actually happens, then, I mean, I guess that's how what some people want. But I just say that to say, people will say, oh, he should have controlled his wife and this and that and the third. But, like, she got a mind of her own and that's how she felt. So she went and voiced it. In this era that we live in, in social media, like, everybody going to give an opinion. And, of course, when it's closest to a player on the team, it has that feel like that player was talking to that to their spouse, which we know they were because that's their spouse. But then it's like, oh, you're you're like this is how he felt. This is how Golden Tate felt because you're his wife and you're saying it. And so it definitely does come with that. But at the end of the day, man, like the world we live in with social media and the things that people like they want to be a part of the story and they can say whatever that that's how it's going to be. So if you detract, if you're distracted and you're on a team, then that's, that's a bigger issue because like y'all are professionals and you shouldn't be getting distracted by that stuff. You got a job to do. Either you good enough to get it done or, or you're not. Aaron, you got anything to add to this? I mean, I just feel like people kind of gave Steph Curry a hard time too. When um, his wife was, kind of making little comments and stuff on social media. Uh, but to kind of piggyback on Jeff's point, you got to question who you marry also if they don't respect the fact that you are a part of a team in a locker room and that could create some dissension amongst your teammates and definitely with the quarterback who's young and who you know organizations have at a different priority level than a receiver who's been on, what, four or five teams in the and course aging. of his career yeah. and who's marginal at that. So that could that kind of behavior can end up with you missing out on millions of dollars or end up being out the league. So it's just, I mean, that kind of goes both ways. It's just a matter of respect. Like, it's not about you in your opinion. Like, you're his wife, not just some random friend or fan on social media with an opinion. Like, people are going to regard the things you say differently than they would just some Joe Blow saying it on on social media. So um, if he ends up out the league maybe next year or year or two, because he probably has another year or two left. Um, even though he's a little older, um, I wouldn't be surprised. And we'll see if it's attributed to the fact that his wife um, had those comments about Daniel Joe. And no, and she has 50, 55,000 uh, followers on uh, on Twitter. No, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, on Twitter. So she got a lot of people that's following her. You know what I'm saying? She has a following. You know the maggots think they can say whatever they want. So. But you, but you, you, but you, uh, and I both know that if he out the lead, though, it's going to be because of his play. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. Ball. <laughs> now that'll add to right. it because that's can't another play. thing though. Yeah, like when they said know? when Steph's wife did it, your husband is Steph, so right. it's looked at differently. Your husband's marginal, so even more reason you should shell up because right. people will come up with any reason not to sign players. Right. Like look what uh, just happened when you're. Your, your strong safety got uh, injured for the year in Washington. Like, people will come up with any reason not to necessarily, or just come up with a reason not to sign certain players. Like, some of it gets mysterious to a certain point when you look at certain guys who had a year or two or maybe three left and end up never playing again because a little stupid. Look at Mark Jack. It's just little stupid stuff can be attributed to a lot of people just being out the league. It, it may not might not make sense to us, Jeff, because we try to navigate like a logical plane while we're alive other people don't necessarily operate that way though yeah now nah, i know what you're saying like if it's like a borderline player yeah. or whatever then they, they'll use if it's between him and des Bryant, or you know what i mean just like just a random other miscellaneous receiver they'll say okay i'm gonna take this bama because we don't have to worry about the headaches and the distraction that come yeah, with it for sure you could definitely you know uh have a couple of the 
uh, years at the end of your career cut off if you a marginal player and somebody as close to you as your your, your spouse makes comments like that. It's definitely possible, especially if it's a developing quarterback. They right. know, oh, well, we can't right. put him with it because his wife could be making comments. So, right, nah, for sure. Just a quick reminder: uh, Golden Tate is rumored to stealing Russell Wilson's uh, first wife. <laughs> he is also um, the guy that Percy Harvin had to punch the night yeah. before the Super Bowl. And then he got pretty much beaten by Jalen Ramsey uh, earlier this year. So he's had a long history yeah. of different things. And this could be the part, like 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 Aaron y'all, says, and, this could be and, and the if, issue that gets him out. And if y'all, if you if y'all ever have seen any of the profiles or seen like uh, you you ain't gonna rock with that Batman either. I'll just leave it at that. Go to Tate. Go to Tate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely MAGA for sure. Go to Tate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's someone I definitely don't want to chill with off the field. Uh, COVID nineteen. There's some cases in the NFL. AJ Dillon of the Packers played this week and then tested positive for COVID-19. Same for Marlon Humphrey of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, real quick, Aaron, is the move is the league getting reckless right now with their lackadaisical, I guess, uh protocols for COVID-19 and allowing or yeah, allowing players to actually make it onto the field and be part of like practices and in meetings do you think they're, they're being pretty reckless with what's happening with COVID-19 I mean I don't think it's being reckless because the part that people have to understand is this is not like a plantation you can't force jokers to, to to show up a lot of people decided to opt out in the first place when they knew the risks and all this stuff was going on so they kind of have to meet the players kind of on their end and kind of allow a lot of the freedom that Americans have in this country apparently to to kind of like to, to act like I mean to, to just act like this might not necessarily be the worst thing that's going to happen in their lifetime like so especially guys are young they millionaires it's not hot outside anymore so you can't just necessarily do stuff outdoors you might be having people come in come over it's just I mean this is kind of what we expected to happen when you have what is it, like 2,500 players in the NFL total and they're not in a bubble like they're going to be cases. It's just what's going to happen. And the rest of the country is having the numbers tick up. Why wouldn't that affect the NFL players? Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't make sense. They're not in a bubble. So whatever's going on in the rest of the world or the rest of the country is going to also go on in the NFL. Uh, D, is uh, the league in jeopardy of a shutdown later this season? You know what I made? They know what they may do. Um, I don't see the league stopping unless it's something that's like catastrophic where the numbers just spike something crazy. But um, they may have to institute like no fans for the rest from the remainder of the season, no matter where you're at. Because, you know, you got some, like even Baltimore, you know, this week, um, the governor allowed them to have fans in the stands. So they have fans in this game against Pittsburgh. Um, so when you have when you introduce fans and stuff like that into the games, and some of these other uh, teams as well, they have fans in the stands. They have, you know, some up to like two twenty five hundred. So um, you may have to just nix that all together. I know the experience is not the same without fans being there, but um, for the safety of them, they may have to, you know, kind of reevaluate that whole situation um, with allowing fans and just allowing them to play the games if they want to continue the season. Because I feel like the fans, at least for myself, I'm still watching the game 
regardless of the crowd because you know I'm just I'm just trying to see the game. I don't I don't really pay that much attention to the fans, anyways. Um, so I don't think it's going to hurt them in terms of the people watching the games. Um, so they may have to revisit that whole situation with them being in the stands. Let's now move on to other news in the NFL. Uh, trade deadline was today at 4 p.m. Eastern, but we did have some trades that occurred over uh, earlier this week and over the weekend. Desmond King, defensive back of the Chargers, was traded to the Titans. Let's do a, just a real quick rapid fire. Uh, good trade, bad trade. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Jeff. Desmond King to the Titans. Do you think that's a good trade for the Titans? I mean, honestly, I'm not re- really that familiar with Desmond King's work, so I'll uh, leave that to the other gentleman <laughs> <or> comment. <laughs> what about you, uh, D? I think it's a great pick. I-, I feel like the Titans' defense this year is not what it was last year, and um, they definitely need help in the secondary, so I think it's a great pickup for them. Aaron, what about you? Yeah, if you can get a, a Bama that was all pro two years ago for a six-round pick, I think that's outstanding. And whenever you see stuff like that happen, I kind of get mad. Like, I my team's been on for five? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? When you, see what other, <laughs> when you see what other teams bring back for close to nothing, it just, sometimes it gets frustrating. All right, Quan Alexander, linebacker from San Francisco 49ers, was traded to the Saints. D, I'll start with you. Yeah, good trade for the Saints. Good acquisition for the Saints. Yeah, definitely. Speedy, speedy. Uh, he's an undersized linebacker, but he has speed. He has range. And uh, I think the Saints need that defensively. Uh, they still want to have a chance to be one of the better teams in the NFC. So it was a good pickup. Jeff? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, uh, definitely continuing to help bolster the Saints defense, you know, um, I, th- I think that's a, a good pickup because I, I think that it's definitely uh, going to come down to how good the defense can be in order for them to make some real noise because um, as we've seen over the last few years, Drew Brees, the later it gets in the year, I mean, his arm is already on shot put status now, but typically it's the later it gets in the season is when he starts to fade. So. Uh, anything they can do to continue to uh, improve and, and, and make the defense better than it already is, I think it's a good move. Aaron, what they said. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, Kenny Galladay was on the trade block, but uh, obviously the trade deadline has reached and passed, so he is remaining with the Detroit Lions. Same thing with uh, Michael Thomas, but the Saints came out and said Michael Thomas was never available. And then let's get to uh, the favorite team for at least one of our uh, guys right here on this panel, <laughs> uh, the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins. What should uh or should let's start with you jeff should washington had actually put out offers for 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 dwayne haskins jr i mean they always sabotage any type of player that they have on their team anyway you know i mean they could put out the fillers all they want but it's like teams see how you treated them and that you you ain't really rocking with them so why would they offer you anything legitimate you know so I mean I think he should have asked for a trade when the whole situation went down I've said that before um, so um, but I'm, I'm not surprised that Washington would do that but yeah they always sabotage the situation and don't play anything smart 
So the word is that it was uh, from national outlets saying that it was only late round draft picks for Haskins. Of course, that's what they were all. Which is like, dumb and lazy. They said he's dumb and lazy. You're all the value when you say that. <laughs> yeah, so they like you said they did sabotage all of uh, all of his trade value. Um, I feel like we've asked this question over and over. What should the team do with Haskins? So we're not going to address that for uh, this week's <laughs> show. The game of the week for week eight: Steelers at Baltimore. Steelers won. Lamar Jackson had a chance to lead the Ravens down the field. Needed a touchdown to win the game on fourth down. Did not convert. Lamar Jackson. Did have two passing touchdowns, but he did have two interceptions. Um, do you think uh, the criticism that he is receiving um, with this game and with uh, just his overall career, uh, do you think uh, Lamar Jackson is the problem that is holding the Ravens back, Aaron? I mean, I think that question alone would suggest that you haven't watched the Ravens since 2014. (laughs) They've been trash with Joe Flacco until Lamar came into the game with the uh, Ravens. What was that? 2000 and it was 18. Yep. Yeah. 2018 and won the six games to get him into the playoffs. So, I mean, I think that's kind of an egregious question if that's what Harold has on the docket, but, (laughs) um, I understand what they're trying to get at saying like his passing, him not developing as some people expect him to as a passer this fast. Is that holding them back? Um, I think part of the issue is you can't run one offense and then when you get down, switch to a different offense and say, okay, Lamar, let's see that development. Like he has to be able to run some, run some of that stuff during the game regularly not just when you're down or when you're behind or when you're playing against a team like Mahomes or apparently Ben Roethlisberger teams that will be able to put up points through the air and you'll have to score quickly and not just be able to kind of run run play action and do those kind of gadget some of the gadget stuff that they end up doing so I mean I don't know that he's necessarily holding them back because it's still early and he he's changed that franchise single-handedly around from what they were but um, he's definitely on the clock. And of course we know it's a lot of people waiting around like salivating, hoping that he doesn't get to that point. So they can kind of go back to the evaluation that they had when he ended up coming out. But um, I don't think he's necessarily holding them back, but he's got to get better at, and they as an offense have to get better at passing the ball out of the spread and not relying on the run to get to the pass. D. Uh, when I see that, when I see people talk about Lamar Jackson about his ability and is he hurt, you know, keeping the team back, it's, it's always funny when a team is successful and then when a quarterback has, you know, kind of a down, you know, a few down games. I mean, he's, he's had a down season in terms of passing without question. It's easy now to point the finger and they forget where they came from. Um, they forgot how bad the Ravens were how anemic that offense was and what he did and brought to that franchise in such a short period of time. I would I would say that for, La, for Lamar, he does have to get better. And I would say this, with Des Bryant, and they've already said there's been a little bit of rumblings with the wide receivers, like, hey, why am I here if I'm not going to get thrown the ball? If all we're going to do is run gadgetry plays and and read yeah. options and stuff like that. What is my purpose yeah, as a wide receiver? I might as well be a tight end and just block on the outside 
and and do that and you can run play action and I get open on the play action as a tight end. I don't have to be fast to get open on that. You know, so the the offensive coordinator would just have to look at different ways. I, just the thing, Lamar has an arm. I think he has probably one of the best arms in the NFL. He has a cannon. I, I just sometimes it's just the accuracy of that arm um, that he has problems with. And I just feel like just put him in a situation where he can make those throws because you see that he's capable of doing it. They just gotta they gotta just get those situations kind of queued up throughout the entire game because now I feel like now defenses have gotten hip to that Ravens offense and the way they're playing them they're all playing them the same way now I, if I can stop the run I don't have to worry about the pass regardless of the weapons because they have weapons that, that can score on that offense so and ironically he makes as many of those quote unquote wild throws as Daniel Jones makes that kind of enthralls everyone to keep giving him more time <laughs> It's just, it's curious to me. You already know why. And I'm not talking about, it's not you, Jeff. So uh, I know how sometimes you might read in the stuff I'm saying, but not you. But it's curious to me how Lamar needs to develop as a passer, but that's not what they say about Daniel Jones, who misses as many throws as Lamar. Or Trubisky. You know what I'm saying? Trubisky, trash, trash, trash. Like, we not, as far as throwing the ball, I'm not even... Okay, it's what about what, what about the guy from uh, Buffalo? I still feel like he, oh yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, well, you know, same, he, but you, same you thing know, with him too. You, you you know he hurt. You know he hurt his uh his shoulder. Like that Jones been hurt for. He been playing with a bum shoulder as far as Josh Allen. Yeah. And so, they've been like, winning, that's so he's getting off. a pass for a lot of the passing aspect of his game. But agreed, like just the tone of the question alone, and not from Harold, but from well, the I, general national media. It's very, very curious when it comes to Lamar versus some of these other quarterbacks that well, don't think, throw the ball I, consistently. I think ultimately, right, when you draft a quarterback, obviously you want him to be a franchise guy. But then you look at it as, is he a franchise guy that can actually win, right? Yeah. Because we know every quarterback isn't going to win a Super Bowl. Now, they might hold your, your franchise down for a decade, 12, 13 years, a la Matt Ryan but they're not going to win anything, right? So I think that question is being what they're speaking to more on Lamar Jackson, not just in terms of, like, you know, whether he can play. I think it's speaking to more of that because at the end of the day, you got to look at it in terms of in the big games, what he's done. Like, he really, he hasn't done nothing. And, And, like, a part of that, and like you said, like, I've always been, you know, not necessarily carried the same... Uh, enthusiasm in a sense uh, for Lamar Jackson as you all have like I know he could play but at the end of the day in football as a quarterback you got to be able to pass the football and so like me always being skeptical of that like like I said all of that's cool but at the end of the day in them big games when you got to throw the football can you throw the football and he hasn't been able to do that and so that's the question. It's like, is he going to be able to do that to beat the Patrick Mahomes? Heck, to even like, you know, they get the, the right uh, players around. Um, uh, what, what's what's my guy name out, out in uh, out in San Diego? San oh, Diego. Um, Herbert. 
Herbert and heck, they like Justin you said, Herbert. Lynn might be on borrowed time because they've blown four straight games where they've led by seventeen points. Monday. Yeah, that's that's an NFL record. It's and never you know, happened I'll never in say that coach, but I'd have fired his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so right. So I'm just saying when you when you start naming, I mean, and obviously Burrow is going to be there in the AFC. So Lamar Jackson is going to have to beat these young guns who can throw the football. And it's like, will he be able to do that? I mean, I think obviously it's too early to say that. You know, I mean, he's proven that he can play in the league. But like some of the things, too, with him, like he's always trying to make the spectacular play. And, you know, as a quarterback and obviously Brady knows best, like sometimes you just got to take the little drop off, the little dump down. You can't throw it 15, 20 yards down the field because they're dropping, especially in a situation like the Steelers, like they know that you're trying to come back. Just take the dump, take the five, seven yards and keep the chains moving. You got to be able to do that. And with Lamar Jackson, sometimes he has to realize every play can't be spectacular. I know the Bama is super fast and like everything still probably at times be sped up in his head. And he want to make the the big splashy Madden type play. But like just just move them chains. And so that's what he has to realize. And he has to use uh, those weapons and it was it was Hollywood Brown that you're uh, that you're talking about D he had yeah. put out a tweet and was saying what's the use of having soldiers if you're not going to use them but then he deleted the, t- the tweet but of course we know in this world we live in today once you tweet something it's out there forever no matter whether you delete it you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying so I think that's what you know like they got to start doing even if it's like putting little short little slants and things to kind of get them in a rhythm. And, and you make a valid point, Aaron, in terms of kind of running that game or running that uh, offense and that type of game plan throughout the entirety of the game, not just when they're behind. So I think those are things that they need to do for sure. And we saw Kyle Shanahan do it in Washington in 2012. Like you can still take advantage of the athleticism, but be a pass kind of spread offense at the same time and try to develop the passing skills of the player as you, you know what I mean, give them time to kind of uh, install more of the offense as far as the passing game goes and, and being more complex. Like, with the way Lamar kind of limits the way defenses can attack him, that's an advantage the offensive coordinator can take advantage of and try to develop that and, and open up the passing game. It's just at this point, his choice to kind of stick to that gadgety offense for most of the games is either an indictment on what he's seen in practice against Lamar or he needs to look at himself and say, okay, we need to open up earlier and start passing early. Even if he struggles through some of these, like when they're out here dominating like the Jets or some of these, or, the, or Washington, some of these trash teams, like those are the games where you need to be out here maybe letting Lamar struggle a little bit more than being the MVP, but also looking at it long-term where these are the games that are going to get him to the point that you feel like you need him to be to get over that hump. And then the last thing is just like Peyton for a long time was considered a loser once he got to the playoffs or like an overhyped guy who was just a regular season MVP, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes it might just take a little bit of time for him to get to that point where he gets over that hump. And Mahomes is a GOAT. Like, he's going to beat a lot of people in like Jordan, like make a lot of people not end up with chips that would have gotten chips otherwise. So like the fact that he loses to Mahomes is not some indictment for me. Like, Oh, he can't beat Mahomes, So he can't be what everybody else is saying. He's, I don't think anybody can beat Mahomes or Mahomes having a good day. So that's just how I look at it. 
All right, all right. Real quick, Tua Tagovailoa uh, debuted for the Miami Dolphins. Got a victory over the Rams. Um, Rams. Uh, the the Dolphins defense and special teams played really well. Tua had a, mm-hmm. I would say, a rookie game. Um, but he did not lose the game for the Miami Dolphins. That's more. That's the most important thing. However, Michael Lombardi was very critical about the move to even go to Tua since the Dolphins are competitive in the AFC and in the AFC East specifically. Uh, he was wondering why they went to him, uh, even brought up uh, Baker Mayfield and, and said, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield isn't going to really win you games. He's already proven that. And uh, and he compared Tua Tagovailoa to Baker Mayfield and, 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 and stuff like that. What, and I'll start with you, D. Um, what do you have to say about Michael Lombardi's comments about Tua Tagovailoa after one game? I, I would say that I, I don't understand why you would give a comparison of a player after one game. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, as we've been saying it this entire show, that these very critical comparisons after one game you know what I'm saying? It happens. If 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 Tua was somebody else, this comparison would not have never happened. They would have said he's young. They want to get him in the game to get ready. This is the guy they drafted in the top five for a reason to be their franchise quarterback. So you gotta get him on the field. He played a very good LA Rams pass rush with Aaron Donald um and and Greg Flo- and Floyd. So it's a situation where you can't sit there and put him in a situation where he's going to turn the ball over. And I think they played it safe and they were able to run the football and they did the right thing. Sometimes that's what, that's what it takes in the beginning. They want to get him used to the, having that game speed. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I, I'm telling you right now, as the season progresses, it's not going to stay that way. But to be that critical of a player after one game that he won – by the way, <laughs> not that you act like he lost the game. <laughs> like he, he's talking like the guy lost. Like he won. He didn't have gaudy numbers, but he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't ruin the game and turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? And give the other team an opportunity to score. And I just think that's to me patience for a young quarterback is very difficult. And I think that he showed patience. And that's very important. And as as a, as a Giants player that sees a, a quarterback that's not very patient, that would throw a, Paul, a pass in harm's way for an interception, or, you know, at least he didn't do that in that situation. And I think it wasn't a great game for him, but it was, it showed his patience to come in the game and not ruin it for his team. You know, and they came up with the win against L.A. And, and the Miami Dolphins, Jeff, they may be real deal, man, you know. Maybe. So I got a question for you, D. Do you have a speculation as to why the harsh criticism came uh, when it did from uh, Michael Lombardi? Don't ask me a dumb question you don't answer to. All right, because Fitzpatrick was the starting quarterback and they were winning games prior to. Were they? They were three and three. Well, you know what I mean. Not not that I ain't say a winning record. I said they were winning games. So I, I feel like they. For him, you know, fist magic. They always give their quarterback some type of moniker that makes them great, even though they may they could be average or above average. And I feel like below it. Yeah, below exactly. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be diplomatic on that yeah. one, but you know, so that's what you always notice with their QBs. So you know, whether it's Danny Dimes, whether it's fist magic, 
You know, none of these guys have done anything in the name. And, you know, even even Matt Ryan, calling he has ice in his veins and all this Matty ice. Like, none of that stuff is deserved, you know, deserved. And I just think, like, that's what they want to do with their with their quarterback so badly. Um, but that's, to me, that's why. Because Fitz, Fitzpatrick got sat when he was playing well with the Dolphins and they brought him in and they didn't see, like, a great game from him, I think that's why they compared him the way they did. Yeah, it's, it's just funny, like, anytime you hear these type of, uh, like you said, harsh criticisms after one game or sometimes in general. I mean, it's it's times where obviously a player might deserve it, but it's like what happens is none of these people have to they, – they don't get punished for their crazy or out, outlandish takes or whatever. So if Tua went on to be, you know, like a, a great and a Hall of Famer – like, nobody would remember this. Like, Lombardi wouldn't get punished. Even if they finished the year, like, of him balling and the Miami ended up, you know, still in a playoff spot, Lombardi wouldn't get punished. So, therefore, it gives, you know, people like him, they just say these wild takes, and it doesn't matter because the next news comes and things just kind of keep moving along. But like you said, to have this type of critique after one game, yeah, it's, it doesn't really make much sense. I mean, the only other thing is the fact that he's not sold on tour from the jump. And so it's, he's taking an opportunity after one game, which, again, still makes no sense to kind of double down on it. And as you mentioned, the other reason, I don't know whether he's friends with Fitzpatrick or if it's just, the, you know, the fact that obviously he's a, a quarterback of the Caucasian complexion whether that play i mean we don't know and you don't want to necessarily always bring that into it but yeah for to have this harsh criticism after one game and as you mentioned d that they won yeah i mean it, it makes no sense obviously it'll come a time and plenty of times when they draft him to be the franchise quarterback where he'll have to do way more and he'll have to pass the ball but i think Tua possesses like the poise and and the intangibles that you know, you would want from a quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback. The only thing that is a question is his injury history. And he got injured a bunch in college and usually that'll carry over to the NFL. And so that remains to be seen whether uh, he takes hits and sacks like Aaron Donald and then welcome them to the league with whether he'll be able to continue to get up. So, I mean, that's the big question. If uh, anyone on that field in Miami or any quarterback was struggling, it was Jared Goff who went 35 for 61, <laughs> right. 355 passing yards, one touchdown, two interception, but more importantly, 61 passing attempts and only 355. Right. <laughs> Did he mention him? Did he mention him? <laughs> right. and, and I forgot to mention this in the beginning. Uh, Michael Lombardi said that Tua was only succeeding on high school type throws. So that was the other jab oh, wow. that he threw at him. So, yeah, but but um, I mean, Jared Goff didn't look like a high. He, he kind of looked like a high school player uh, playing in that game. But anyways, you know how that goes. Uh, let's now get to our picks where we pick against the spread uh, after eight weeks in the NFL. Here's the ranking. Uh, Harold and D are tied at 56 and Jeff and Aaron are tied at 61. Uh, Harold got eight <laughs> games correct last week. D got seven. Aaron got eight. Jeff got six correct. So let's predict the week nine matchups. 
against the spread. Green Bay Packers at San Francisco Thursday night. Green Bay is coming off of a loss where Dalvin Cook cooked them up for four mm-hmm. touchdowns and I think 200 plus all-purpose yards. And then we had the San Francisco 49ers. They lost to the Seattle, uh, I was about to say Supersonics, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, They're going to be out of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. George Kittle looks like he may be done for the rest of the year. Uh, It's an injury of, uh, I think he broke his foot, and he'll be out for at least eight weeks. So we'll have to see if he has a chance of getting back into the uh, to the rotation. The Green Bay Packers are favored at three and a half Thursday night at San Francisco. Harold has selected Green Bay. I'll start with you, Aaron. Who are you going with? Green Bay. All right, Jeff. Uh, Green Bay. D. Green Bay. And now they're saying your Garoppolo maybe he's out for the season now. Ooh, <laughs> with a high yeah. ankle sprain. That's how yeah. mentioned to me. Uh, he yeah. Gonna, yeah, he gonna be out forever from the 49ers after this. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Is he injury prone? All right, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> it is unanimous. I'm going with Green Bay also. Seattle at Buffalo. Uh, Seattle's coming off a big win over the San Francisco 49ers. I believe Buffalo had a bye week. Seattle is favored by three. Once again, uh, it is at Buffalo. Seattle favored by three. Um, no, Buffalo, Buffalo just played New England. Like, New yeah. England, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, yes. Cam Newton fumble, yeah. Yes, okay, okay. See, I didn't. So the reason why I thought they came off of a bye week is because I just didn't really see anything about this game. So I <laughs> yeah. forgot that they even played. But yes, they did defeat the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Seattle was favored by three. I'll start with you, Jeff. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go in and uh, take the Seahawks in this one. Um, All yeah. right, D. Let me get Seattle. Aaron. I got Seattle. I had to check the forecast first in Buffalo in November. It's going to be 66 degrees. Dog, something going on. I don't care what nobody say. No, El Nino. El Nino. 66 degrees in Buffalo in November, though. El Nino. And, and this past Sunday, they had like 40 mile per hour winds, you know. Oof. Uh, coming to an end. D, did did I, did I get to you? Yeah, I'm uh, Seattle. Oh, Aaron. Seattle. It's unanimous. I'm going with Seattle also. Now, Harold um, picked Buffalo on that one. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, yes, I'm time. sorry. Harold did select Buffalo. So, yes. <laughs> I forgot. Harold did select Buffalo. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the my Indianapolis my. Colts. The uh, Baltimore Ravens are favored by three and a half. Harold is going with the Colts. Hail Mary, come with me. <laughs> Jeff, who you going with? Yeah, I mean, the Colts could definitely, you know, win this game. Like, I mean, Phillip Rivers, you never know what you're going to get with him. But obviously, they have a, a, a good overall team. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Baltimore to bounce back off of that loss to the Steelers. And, uh... Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. It's it's in it's in a uh, indie indie right. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna still I'm gonna still take Baltimore to uh, to win this right, right. or whatever. Aaron, Baltimore. D, Baltimore. 
Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore. Uh, it's just Harold with the Colts. Harold's the lone ranger. Texans at Jaguars. The Texans are favored six and a half. It looks like Gardner Minshew will not be playing for the Jaguars. So that is the one note about this game. I will go with the Texans. Uh, what about you, uh, D? Uh, Texans. Aaron? Texans. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, unanimous. <laughs> yep, it is unanimous because Harold selected the Texans also. Giants at Washington. Mm. Washington is favored by three points. Harold selected Washington. I will start with you, Aaron. Washington. Jeff. I thought he was going to take the Giants. Let me get Washington. D. Mm. I'm going against my code, but I'm going to pick the Giants in this game. <laughs> <laughs> this one is tough. I'm not going to lie. This one is tough. Uh, if the... I'm going to go with the Giants, but if... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants. I ain't going to go on the explanation. I'll just go with the Giants on this one. <laughs> Harold selected Washington. Lions at Vikings. Lions, uh, they are coming off of a loss against the Colts. Vikings, monster game by Dalvin Cook. And a... Got to give credit when it's due. Kirk Cousins had an okay game. No, did not lose the game for the Vikings. So you got to give a game. Then okay, you must have seen with that. Okay, game is a typical game for Kirk Cousins. He, 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 he didn't. He didn't turn it over, which they they are they undefeated let him, they when he doesn't turn it over. Yeah, I mean, but hey, that's what he needs to. He needs to take more of that cue because they're undefeated when he doesn't turn over. Turn it <laughs> Dalvin over. Dalvin Cook took over probably one of the best fantasy games you could think of. I think I have him in one league and got me 50 points. So that just tells you what he He carried you to victory on that one. <laughs> yes, he did. Cause I only ended up winning by like nine points. So oh, definitely oh, carried goodness. me to victory. Uh, Harold is going with the Vikings and he says Vikings and Kirk Cousins. That's what who he's going with. Jeff, who you go Man, it's no way they get him a W two weeks in a row, young. So I mean and I'm a, I'm gonna take the Lions begrudgingly for coming off the loss. I, I can't pick the Vikings to, to do it again, yeah. What's the spread again? Four and a half. Okay. Vikings favored by four and a half. Aaron, who you go with? I got the Lions. D, uh, D. Me, the Vikings. I will go with the Vikings also. Uh, Panthers at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 11. Last week, Chiefs were favored by 19. And I'm covered. I think <laughs> I think yeah, one of us, meaning me, was kind of like, ooh, I don't know. But they covered big time. Uh, Chiefs are favored by 11 against the Panthers. Uh, Aaron, who you going with? Uh, you, just, you just throw a coin in the air or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me get the Panthers to cover. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me get the so Panthers Aaron is going with the Panthers to cover. All right. Uh, D. Let me get the Chiefs. Aaron. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeff, I'm sorry. Chiefs. 
Ugh. I'm gonna go with the Panthers to cover on this one. I'm gonna go with the Panthers to cover. Bears at Titans. Bears coming off of a loss in overtime against the against the Saints. Titans upset loss against my, my. the Bengals. Oh, I'm sorry. Harold selected the Chiefs. Just want to remind you all about that. Harold selected the Bears for this game. Bears, I'm sorry, Titans are favored by five and a half. Harold is going with the Bears. I'll start with you, D. Who are you going with? The Bears. All right, Aaron. Bears. Jeff. Titans. I'm going with the Titans also, Jeff. Uh, I will, yeah, I think Titans will bounce back and, and, and win big. Broncos at Atlanta. The Falcons are actually favored by four and a half. Harold selected the Atlanta Falcons. Um, who are you going with, Jeff? Let me get the Broncos. Aaron. Falcons. D. Who was the Broncos starting quarterback this Drew week? Drew Lock. Oh, he's bad. You saw his okay. comeback last week. Yeah. Mm. Let, me, let me get Atlanta. Anthony Lynn not coaching this week. <laughs> <laughs> let me get Atlanta. All right. I am going to go with the Broncos. I think I think they'll they'll pull this off. Raiders at Chargers. The uh, Chargers are favored by one and a half. Harold selects the Raiders. D, who are you going with? Uh, uh, it's a division game. Uh, let me go with Chargers. Aaron. Give me the Raiders. All right, Jeff. Yeah, Vegas. I'm going, with, Vegas. I'm going with the Raiders. Harold is going with the Raiders. So, D, you're the lone wolf on this one. Dolphins at Cardinals. The young Demutive size quarterbacks going at it. Tua Tagovailoa, Kyla Murray. The Cardinals are favored by four and a half. Harold is going with the Cardinals. Jeff, who are you going with? Oh, Miami, man. Take Miami. What? Rock out. Wow. Yes, <laughs> Tua okay. Take Miami, man. Okay. That's my new team, though. D, who are you going with? <laughs> Uh, let me get the Cardinals. All right, Aaron. I'm going with my Dolphins. <laughs> this, one is, <laughs> this one's tough. Uh, I am going to go though with the Dolphins to cover. I, I think I think they'll be able they'll be able to cover cover. Uh Sunday night matchups. Saints at Buccaneers. Uh, both these teams coming off of nail-biter games. Buccaneers are favored by four and a half. The Saints beat right, them right. at the, the opening game of the season in New Orleans, but this game is in Tampa now, Sunday night. Drew and Brady still holding records. Basically, the record is flop, flip-flopping literally within the hour of, of these guys playing. Um, the Bucks are favored by four and a half. Harold as the Saints. Um, who are you going with, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans to cover, man. Yeah, I'm going to take them to cover. They might win, but they I, I think they, they'll lose by within four and a half. So. Aaron. Saints to win. Mm, all right. Uh, D. 
Uh, real quick, I want to switch my last game. I'm picking the Raiders, and then for this one, I'm going with the Bucks. <laughs> there you go. At least he said it during the recap. Yeah, so heard, you heard that. You marked me down correctly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm picking for this game the Bucks. All right, this game. Um, you're going with the Bucks. I am going to go with the Saints. I think they'll they will cover, but I think the Bucks will win. Uh, I think the Saints will cover. And the Monday night matchup: New or New England Patriots Buy at the New York Jets. Oh, flex! Right, you, you, you. Go ahead. Cam Newton coming off of a. Uh, game losing turnover but he's going to face the Jets the Patriots are favored seven at my seven Harold picks the Patriots um, I am going to go with the Patriots also Unanimous. what about you Aaron <laughs> It's it's, it's it unanimous. unanimous no one's picking the Jets even you know, the Jets get their first win this week if look, if the Jets get their first win this season, then yeah, it might be done for Cam Newton. Yes, that might be enough. Yes, it's over him out of this league. Honestly, man, Harold, is he still have coronavirus on the itinerary? I think he does, man. I said it last week. I think he does, man. Nah, ain't nothing to do with COVID last year when he was doing that same. Match. I mean, he played he played well enough that they would drop. He just fumbled the ball. He bottom line, he fumbled the ball on they could yeah, that drop. You're right. Yeah. Every time they needed to take the lead or uh, or tie, he he came up with a drive until that last one. But yeah, because uh, they were definitely looking like they about to score. It was thirty one seconds. They had two timeouts, and it was at what at like the nineteen yard line. So they, you know, what I mean, is? the spread was seven or is seven. Uh, not gonna do it. <laughs> don't don't yeah don't. Not, I mean, yeah, not do what you him. want, do what you want. But it's not doing it. This a this a rough one to take a L on. I have yes, to say that. Yeah, I can afford it. Give me the chest of color. Oh wow! I can say can afford it. Yeah. Ah. So yeah, right. so you got that right. Okay. Yeah, just to cover for Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> hey, look, hey, D, he he filling his picks until he just come up with five wins next week and drop. No, that's how I started next. off. I gave y'all a head start. Harold had thirteen wins. I had five uh, the first week. Uh, yeah. Oh, he did give us a yeah, head start. You, you see, you see how he talking now. You see how he talking. Uh, we know this betting thing. You know what I mean? And the picks can humble you real fast. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They can humble you real fast. I got the, I got the Patriots, by the way. I got the Patriots. Uh, I'm All not right, so B has the Patriots. Aaron has the Jets. Uh, Jeff, who you going with? Yeah, I got New England. Uh, Jeff, go Do with I get an apology on the air if the Jets cover from everybody? Mm-mm. I'll apologize. Nah, we go gloss over or skip it like Harold be doing. Or do I go? <laughs> I'll apologize. Nah, no. You know what I'm All of us have had amazing joints where it was against all lives and we didn't get apologies for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff ain't gonna let nothing slide. You don't let nothing go by the wayside. You, yeah. you, know, you gonna bring it up for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all would apologize or not? That's another story, but I yeah, I bring it up for sure. <laughs> so uh, Harold has one game missing, so I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, Steelers at Cowboys. Oh wow! Um, 
I don't. So let me just see. I'm gonna just go off FanDuel.com. I don't know. I don't know what y'all use, but I'm gonna just go on FanDuel.com. And uh, man, what is the odds for this one? Oh, saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by nine and a half. Uh, Andy right. Dalton has COVID nineteen, so Ben DiNucci's back. Oh man, starting lineup. DiNucci. I think they said they gonna have maybe Cooper Rush. Be yeah, there. it could be Cooper Rush. Yeah. Oh, Cooper As a Cowboys Rush. fan, I am not gonna look. I ain't gonna take over y'all time. It's y'all podcast. So I ain't gonna talk about <laughs> the debacle that happened on Sunday night. I don't think I've ever been in a situation where, as a fan of a team, where I was expecting failure and I still got upset because of failure. <laughs> but, but but the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by nine and a half on the here. So I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. D, who you going with? Steelers. Aaron. Steelers. Jeff. Going on the parlay too. Animus. All right. I guess y'all gotta hit up Harold and, and, and let him uh, tell you uh, who he picked because uh, he ain't even put this game on the docket. Uh, that will wrap it up here for us here at OSS 980. I uh, just want to give a shout out to all of those who rock with us. Uh, Bender Knows Best, Where's Buffy Podcast, Jenna Garcia, Sports Talk Tasha. Uh, make sure you check out my podcast, the Sports Reality Podcast. Usually we drop episodes on Wednesday. Before we get out of here, any last thoughts from you all? Uh, nothing. Just I see that they activated uh, AB, so he will play against the Saints. I mean, D's the only one that picked the Bucks. So I don't know if that's changing. Anything I mean, he played against us uh, yesterday, too. He played against the Giants. Nah, A.B. didn't no, play. Oh, I thought he did. Nah, nah, he didn't play. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm still rock. I'm still keeping the Saints, though. But yeah, he, he will Is play. Is Michael Thomas playing? That's the question. That, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that bad man. It's a funny, yeah. some funny business going on with yeah, that Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Man, uh, most of you all, by the time you listen to this episode, you might have some insight that's going on with this presidential election, man. We just hope the best for this country. Anything else before we roll out of here? No. All right. Want to thank everyone for listening. Peace. You can check out our podcast each and every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Just search Other Side of Sports. Or you can follow us on Instagram at OSS980. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about Let me speak! How does that do feel? Not. How does that do feel? Do